0: I'm Tim McGovern with O'Reilly, and my guest today is Ron Bodkin, VP and General Manager of Artificial Intelligence at Teradata. We're here to talk about considerations when taking on an enterprise AI initiative. So Ron, uh, one thing you've been talking about recently is connected AI. What do you mean by that?
1: We talk about connected AI because what we're seeing is that many of our customers recognize the importance of using AI to build an application that really represents their unique enterprise and is tailored to them and their business processes and leverages their unique data. Specifically, that also means building AI models, deep learning models that take advantage of the unique data assets and insight that they alone have. That, that allows customers to create strategic value from AI But it represents a challenge because many customers are struggling with a number of aspects of deploying that kind of artificial intelligence capability. They see strategic challenges around how to change processes and manage models through a life cycle. They see scale analytics challenges, whether it be understanding the models, whether it be deploying them in a production-ready way, taking advantage of open source innovation in a trusted way. And often they run into challenges in their data foundations, you know, having the right governance of data, the right quality, the right integration of data, and curation of it. So to us, connected AI is an approach to deliver strategic value from AI by connecting it with high quality data that's already curated and integrated in the enterprise. This is typically both high value transactional data, such as information about past purchases and information about customers and accounts. As well as about devices and configurations, as well as high volume data, such as click streams or sensor readings for IoT, and connecting also with an analytic ecosystem that allows reliable management and preparation of data and connection into analytic environments that data scientists know how to use in a way that it's robust and well understood, all the way through to connecting into interactions, connecting into applications that allow customers to interact with artificial intelligence in a way that really fits naturally with the business in an AI-first manner, right? So we see connected AI as a way of connecting artificial intelligence with the data, analytics, and interactions of the enterprise to deliver strategic value, but leveraging past investment.
0: Nice, yeah. You're making connections on both the technical level and really the, the organizational and the conceptual level. Can you talk about managing the organizational changes that you need to make the most of AI?
1: absolutely what we see is that there's a range of changes organizationally one thing that is important is the ability to apply advanced machine learning models deep learning for example is enabling significant improvements in automating decision making so that what we see is in many areas is a trend of moving from human decision-makers having to collect data and have tools that augment them around making decisions into an AI-first model where human decision-makers um, are not the primary f- focus. Instead, algorithms that automate decisions kick in, but you still have oversight by human managers and the ability to collect human intuition. And if you think about this in industries like on capital markets. It wasn't so long ago that humans made most of the decisions about what stocks to buy and sell, and they would have information systems that informed them, and they would run tests. But fundamentally, humans were making the decisions. Now, of course, it's a different process where automated algorithms do most of the trading. Humans ultimately control and tailor the algorithms. They have the ability to have off-switches, circuit breakers if things aren't working well based on predefined limits, and human input around an analysis or assessment can be fed in qualitatively as input to the algorithm. That kind of change to AI-first processes is a big change. Many organizations start by thinking about applying AI in a very narrow way to automate something that's being done by a person. But when you think about the changes in roles in a world where computers can make more decisions, there's an opportunity to drive much better outcomes and to leverage the creativity and ideas of people in a more extensive way. Another example of that opportunity for better leverage of people is instead of having humans sitting and marking training data sets, looking at, for example, lots of images to to annotate what's in the image, the ability to have humans provide higher level guidance. To AI algorithms that let them perform more effectively with more leverage and take advantage of the intuition of humans. So really, we see changing processes to be more automated is important. There's a whole range of disciplines in uh, delivering artificial intelligence that become important, ranging from cognitive design, how do you think about designing applications where the results are not fairly static, but instead much more dynamic based on an algorithm through to uh, intelligent workflow and decisioning to fit into the role of humans into an AI-first world, leveraging graphic processing units and other new processors to take advantage of deep learning, analytics ops to integrate these algorithms in with production engineering in a continuous deployment, agile fashion, and data engineering to build the end-to-end applications working with data and integrating them into production deployment.
0: Nice. I think uh, there's really sounds like the this integration model is um, it's very much stepping beyond narrow AI. And we have this uh, concept in kind of the popular press where there's either narrow AI or a general intelligence. Um, and we're not talking here about sort of building some kind of Skynet, but rather kind of building AI applications that build with a broader range of data across the enterprise. Um, could you give some examples of that where you're bringing in a, a range of data and then making more sense of it?
1: Yeah, I would say that in in fairness, most of what we're seeing deployed nowadays is still what would be called narrow AI. In fact, almost all of it in some sense is that it, there's algorithms that are performing certain well-defined tasks. And the opportunity to integrate multiple narrow AIs together to solve problems, to derive more outcomes is an interesting one, and it's important. But I want to caution that we're we're not... The the broadening AI capabilities to solve a wide range of tasks is an interesting research area, but it's not an area where there's a lot of proven capability today. Now, the the second part of your question what are some examples of what we are seeing companies doing in the enterprise, some of our customers? We're seeing a lot of applications of deep learning to take advantage of more complex data sets like time series data. And we're working with customers on problems like detecting fraud uh, proactively to reduce false positives and catch more cases of fraud by looking at correlations across interactions. Um, I presented recently with Nadim Gulzar, who's the head of analytics for Danske Bank at the O'Reilly AI conference, and we can talk more about that, but that's one example. Um, Another example that we're seeing is using data to drive better recommendations for retailers, taking advantage of things like wide and deep learning. So the idea there is. There is a lot of data about long tail content, whether it be applications or websites or products that don't get purchased frequently. And there's often rapid change in the catalog of what's available. So using deep learning makes it easy to categorize or create embeddings that simplify the choices, make it easier to generalize uh, beyond sort of traditional machine learning that can learn the main items, the, the key recommendations that are commonly used. So those are a couple of examples. Another area that we're seeing a lot of success with AI is around document automation. We have a lot of customers that have paper documents in traditional processes mm-hmm. We want to really take advantage of the combination of deep learning for computer vision to recognize those documents and their layout and processing them, and then integrate it in with all the information they have about customers and accounts and uh, you know, various products and capabilities to make it easier to automate the end end processing of those documents. And one more example, we're also seeing a lot of applications around text processing. For example, we have customers we're working with to make it easier to answer common questions in chat interactions uh, from customer support. So when customers connect with a telco and want to ask questions like, how much do I owe this month or what are my options for a new device? When do I get a a free upgrade? Those types of common questions can be recognized even in a variety of ways of formulating it understood more semantically and then answered when more complicated questions can still be handled by human agents so that there's a seamless support experience.
0: Nice. Um, yeah, you mentioned the uh, the presentation that you gave at uh, the AI conference on Danske Bank, and uh, that was a really good talk. Do you mind uh, uh, summing that up in a few minutes just for uh, the audience uh, who wasn't able to be there at the conference?
1: Yeah, certainly. Um, would be glad to. And, you know, it's also worth noting we've shared uh, the full video of that on our website. So if you want to learn more, feel free to go to Tertida and find that video. But the key, the key thing that we collaborated with Danske Bank on was to, to move from a rules-based system that worked with a mainframe to detect fraud, where human experts had to sift through what had been happening, figure out new threats, encode rules that would apply in every case, and then, you know, with with that delay cycle in place, finally create lots of potential fraud cases in banking that analysts would have to, investigators would have to comb through to identify what was really fraudulent. What we did is we worked with Danske Bank to both do the data engineering, to create a data foundation, to organize data from across their enterprise around things like transactions and accounts, to be able to have the right set of information that could be used for detecting fraud in real time, to integrate into their mainframe application, to be able to call out within milliseconds to a set of model programs that would detect, that would run algorithms and detect if there is fraud and return a response of suspected fraud or not. We Also, one thing that was key is we we worked to apply recent research to interpret the models so that it wasn't enough just to say, hey, we think there's fraud in this banking transaction, but to explain why. What factors in this case led us to believe that fraud is suspected, like a young account that was recently opened or a transaction amount that was significantly higher than typical transactions for this account? Those types of factors would be identified, which not only built confidence, but also helped investigators more effectively investigate suspected fraud and was really important for compliance with Europe's upcoming Uh, data protection legislation, GDPR. Finally, we worked with Danske Bank to rapidly deliver this through a series of agile sprints, first proving that there was an opportunity showing in simulation that this model would work well, then doing a live deployment in shadow production to prove that it would be robust and stable and work well in production, and finally switch over to making that the production model that was used, which exceeded even the the expectations in the simulation. Finally, as a follow-on to that, we've been applying deep learning techniques that are producing even better results, significantly better results, by being able to not only take advantage of all the features in a given transaction, but historical information about the transaction and about the accounts involved. So that deeper lens of information allowed for much better detection of fraud and combating it.
0: Um, Stepping back a bit... um... What are some of the options and considerations for enterprises when they're looking at implementing or consuming AI?
1: Fundamentally, most enterprises have choices around how do they deliver AI capabilities? Do they go with an approach of taking an off-the-shelf offering that has AI built in, or do they take advantage of their own unique data to create AI capabilities that are differentiated and strategic for them. Now, there's, there's room for both approaches, right? There's, there's significant value in taking something like a Salesforce Einstein and taking advantage of intelligence in a tool like that to do a better job as you to help salespeople with tactical activities inside of a sales process, or to take advantage of a tool like Google's Vision API to do optical character recognition that's been trained on large amounts of data, right? So there's a role for these kinds of standardized models. But what we see is that companies that want to create strategic differentiation need to build models that reflect their unique data, their unique interactions. Like my example of answering questions for customer support It's not enough to have an AI model that knows how to understand English language in general. You need to understand the specific questions that your customers have and the answers that are right for them. Or similarly, another customer of ours has trained models to detect manufacturing defects using deep learning computer vision techniques. It's not enough to be able to recognize dogs and cats, they needed to train that model to be specialized based on large numbers of cases of defective and not defective manufacturing parts to be able to say, for us, this image is a problem and this image is not, right? So we see that there's an importance for companies to build this kind of strategic capability in artificial intelligence that leverages their data and builds applications that are unique to them, while there's plenty of room to incorporate standard models as well, But putting that together, that gets back to why we think connected AI is so important. The ability to leverage the data, analytics, and interactions of the enterprise to make it easier to deliver strategic value is a really big deal. And that's how we see companies being able to achieve strategic results that complement tactical out-of-the-box point solutions.
0: So where do you see enterprises struggle with uh, deploying custom AI solutions?
1: We see enterprises struggling in deploying custom AI because of challenges around the strategic deployment, having the right sponsorship for changing processes. We see challenges in um, silos and organizations. We see challenges in terms of having the right talent. We see challenges in adopting to those, as I talked about earlier, the, all the new disciplines. What are the best practices? How do you deploy them in an AI context. Those are some of the strategic challenges. We also see challenges in in analytics ranging from understanding models, transparency, like in the Danske Bank example of needing to have a way of explaining how black box models work, integration into the ecosystem. You know, we also, there's tremendous innovation in an open community with open support, uh, or sorry, open source software, but often there isn't a lot of support available, that open source is made available, but when problems occur, it's difficult for enterprises to debug them, to get help from the community, or to ramp up their own internal engineers to become experts in supporting the open source software. We also see challenges in integrating with the broader analytic ecosystem, existing databases and analytic tools, workbenches and so forth, notebooks, as well as deployment of clusters of GPUs, which have their own demands in terms of networking and power consumption and complexity and sharing and working at scale. And then finally, um, the last challenges we see are around data foundation, having high quality data that's governed and trustworthy, that's accessible and can be used efficiently in training and scoring models, um, curating the data, integrating high value transactional data with high volume data that may sit in a file system and curating the data itself. You know, working with training data sets and labeling data is another problem. Right? So these, these are all key areas of challenge and areas that we think it's so important to have a connected AI approach to address.
0: Excellent. You touched a little bit upon this, but um, what are some of the engineering challenges that the industry should solve in order to accelerate enterprise adoption and derive more value from AI?
1: Well, there's, there's a range. I mean, there are things from more, more pure research, like being able to, to your earlier question around narrow AI, you know, broaden the capabilities of AI, create uh, abilities to teach decision-making systems how to do new things while still remembering how to do old things, right? So to have more flexible capabilities. And there's a lot of challenges around better understanding models and making them uh, m- more easily controlled by human beings, so that we get a better blend of human and machine capabilities. I mean, there's a lot of challenges around integration, you know, performance, high performance, secure uh, ability to deploy deep learning, integrated with databases, integrated with software in the cloud, anywhere, right? So these are some of the challenges that we see companies facing and we see significant investment. You know, I think the last thing is, is governance, right? That there's a lot of great open source software, but how do you get standards and how do you get ability to trust the open source software is being created um, in a way that uh, multiple stakeholders, You know, basically you can trust it for long-term use as a company, that you, you know how it's going to be evolved and, and who's behind it. And there's a lot of single company open source. And you can see that even in the Apache Foundation, there's a lot of projects that are basically controlled by uh, one entity, um, and it reduces a lot of trust in the open source.
0: Um, Well, this is fascinating stuff, and it's a great topic, Um, but that is all we have time for today. Uh, Thanks very much for sitting down and having a conversation with me, and um, I hope this has been helpful to our uh, listeners.